Welcome back to the New York Pages podcast in partnership with Inside the Rink. I'm your host, Jacob Berkowitz, and I'll be with my co-host Shragi and Luca to talk about and break down the Rangers' past three games, the power play, the 5v5, the kids, Panarin finding his swagger. But first, a quick word from our show sponsor, and then we'll get right to it. And now a quick word from our show sponsor and friends of Inside the Rink, BetUS. BetUS has your NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and yes, NFL betting lines for the 27th year of live betting. Sign up for BETUS.com with promo code RINK for a 125% sign-up bonus. Again, use promo code RINK for your 125% sign-up bonus. Play with the proven mainstay in the industry, BETUS. You bet, you win, you get paid. BETUS.com. And we are back. Lucas Shragi, how's it going? Doing good. How you doing? You're rocking away after one week of hockey, man. It's, it hasn't been too shabby. I mean, our job usually is, you know, to like not complain, but to try to figure out, you know, how the Rangers could be better, why they're not doing good in this and this and that. But uh, they're making that job pretty hard right now. I think I know they lost, you know, two nights ago, but I think we could all agree, you know, they're heading in the right direction. Um, so let's start off with the kids. What do you, what do you guys think of Laugh and Kaka? Luca, you want to go first? Uh, yeah, you know what? I'll, and it's, it's going to be the kids, but also like it's, it's, it's especially being there, uh, for the first game, the home opener. Um, the one thing that I could like say that was really palpable just watching was how much faster the kids were like Kako looked like, you know, I know you did your, your, I just saw your Mario Kart, uh, you know, uh, I guess mashup, whatever you want to call that edit. Uh, And it's really funny, but it's true. Like Kako looked like he had a rocket up his ass the the first few games. Uh, Lafreniere as well. They look like they're playing with more confidence. Heedle always kind of has like that speed that like, you know, so it wasn't like that was, you know, a revelation for him, but the team in general. And I think that's something that, you know, uh, Shragi and I uh, kind of harped about pre-deadline last year was how, how much uh, speed is something that this team lacked. Um, and I think that like just overall team speed, they, they just seem like they're just playing with more confidence. And I, I, it might not even just be the like speed. Uh, it might also be something to the fact that, this is the second year with Gallant. They know what they're doing. They know what he wants from them. They know all of these things and what's expected of them. So as opposed to, you know, it's, it, as opposed to them just being physically faster, it's also them thinking faster. It's also them anticipating and, and you know, just not thinking as, like, in terms of, like, what to do next, but just playing, um, which is something that I hated about doing. Quinn, our old friend that we get to see this week with the Sharks, uh, I thought that everyone thought too much when he was the coach. Thought everyone was too cerebral and they were thinking too much and they were two or three steps slower than everything. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm loving it so far. Uh, you know, obviously Friday night was standing. Um, but I, I also think that if Connor Hellbuck isn't the goalie, then you probably put one of you know, a few more than one goal in on 47 or 50 shots. Yeah, I, I mean, I couldn't have said it better myself. Shragi, how do, how do you think Lafayette did the first couple of games? 
So, like, I, I really would base it off a lot of what Lucas said, but I, I, there's two words that come to my mind. And number one is uh, efficiency. And number two is uh, number two is co- uh, competitive. I think Capco has felt a certain letdown by, I don't think it's just fans, but maybe the system, the system or the NHL in general of the fact that he's been looked down upon. And I think he made it his business, especially since you've seen the offseason. My proof to that is the fact that in the offseason, he came out, his shot is like really good. You saw him practicing. I mean, I think he really wanted to put out there that I have more to more to show and I just need to get healthy and on the ice more. And he's shown you exactly that. And when you talk about speed, you know, when Luca and I talk about speed, people think it's just that you're fast actually on the ice. That's not it always what speed is speed is also the fact that you put an energy and an effort and you could see it on the ice it's not just speed is also a drug well well, that too (laughs) Um, luca doesn't need that he's got coffee um but and 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 jacob's got ketchup but between the two the, the the fact is that the fact is that their efficiency was fantastic um lafarnier i think he looked great. I think he's going to do even better. I think he's going to step it up. You're going to see big things out of him in coming games. The only thing I'm going to, you know, I don't like to put this negativity in, but after such a positive week, you know, sometimes it's just the momentum. You know, you had a fantastic, you know, you made it so far. You just got tired out pretty much. You know your system, like Luca said, and you started off with speed. You got to keep up with that speed. You know, you can't you can't slow that down. The second you slow that down, things are going to look at another at another thing. And I think that's what happened in the Jets game. You know, they were so fast in the first two games. They played well in that third game. But, you know, there's a certain point when it catches up to you. You put so much effort into those two games and you came to, uh, you know, the third game and you were like a little bit tired out and you're facing a decent goalie. Uh, and I think that's what the difference was. But in general, I think Cock was impressed me more than Lafarnier. I like how his, his energy is. And the way he's playing with such proficiency, uh, and I, I, I hope to see more out of Lafreniere in the future. But all in all, you know what? It, it's very big plus, a very big plus added to this point. And I, I think that we're going to get a lot more of a better view, especially with, especially with as the season goes on, you know, and the switch of lines and stuff. We'll we'll see what goes on. Yeah, I mean, you guys basically summed it up perfectly. Um, I Yeah, obviously, I think Kapokako impressed more. Though Lafreniere seemed to, you know, getting his groove on as well. Uh, the playmaking, especially with Lafreniere in the Minnesota Wild game, two gorgeous passes, uh, one to Fox mm-hmm. and one to Panarin. Um, yeah, I don't know, great, how, great I don't know how we saw Panarin on that one. Um, and it, they seem to be finding their groove, which is terrific. Yeah, it, it's, as Shiragi said, it's kind uh, Kawakako meaning like he seems like a step faster in speed, meaning skating, but he's also more confident in his game and initiating more and, you know, getting into, you know, getting into like either it's a board battle. It's like he's not afraid anymore, you know, to get in on the action. Uh, and I think that's. I also think that. Sorry. No, I also think he missed like almost all of last year. You know what I mean? Like he missed so much time last year that like it's almost hard to like just like miss as much time as he did. And then, Oh, by the way, we're starting the playoffs in a week. You know what I mean? Like he, that, that's, that is very difficult for a veteran to do, let alone 
a what third year player. Right. Um, and I don't know. I think, I think we, we definitely grade him on a very harsh curve uh, because of his, you know, draft number. Um, but sorry, continue. I was something that I just, no, no, no. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, I, I guess. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Like he missed half the season. It just feels like how much David Quinn destroyed these kids. Like I, I keep, like I'm in a few hockey chats, like obviously Twitter and other intelligent people mentioned like how much David Quinn, like absolutely destroyed these kids. I mean, like a first overall pick, I mean, if, well, first we had the second overall pick. Okay, the second overall pick, you know, doesn't explode right away. You know, needs some time. But this, then the same happens with the first overall pick. Now, that is so rare to happen. I mean, you, then you, at that point, have to look at the organization and the system. And I, I think, you know, we've all come to realize that David Quinn was not that great. And it seemed that Lafreniere and Kako had to get, you know, that system out of their, you know, the system. And, you know, by the time Golan came around, I guess a year, they were fantastic in the playoffs, you know, the kid line. And then this year, um, they're both taking another step, which is terrific. I, I they, It's also terrific because they were a key for the Rangers taking the next step this year. We all know the veterans. We all know how good they could be. But, you know, all the analytic charts, all the predictions were saying the Rangers weren't as good as everyone thinks because none of them took into account Capo and Kako and Hito's next step. And I think, you know, it was very, very critical, obviously, of taking the next step or, you know, Rangers would basically let everyone down in expectations. Um, So, you know, let's go on to the veterans now. Uh, I'll I'll start this off with Panarin. I I have to say he has found his swagger. Um, He has really found it. The problem with Panarin last year is he was very, very predictable. And, And he still managed to put up a ridiculous amount of points, which is crazy. That, that's like the true elite players are players that when they're not doing great, they still manage to put up points. Uh, and Panarin, you know, is obviously one of them, but he always did that one move in the playoffs where he stopped at the blue line and evaluated the situation, waiting for everyone to come in and pass it. Now, when you do that a hundred times, the defense is going to just, you know, hog you and they know exactly where you're going to do the way. Whenever Panarin is at his greatest is when he doesn't stop moving. He, he, you know, you saw it versus what it was a headman versus point. He just deked out casually. Like it was two yeah. men, it was two, it was two players. It wasn't just okay. one. Yeah. It, it was, you got one of the best defensemen and you got one, one of the best centers. And Panarin just casually just deeks out both of them. I mean, we saw last year he deked out one of the best defensive defensemen in Jacob Slavin. Like it was nothing. It wasn't so, just that. It was also, it was also the fact that he created a fantastic. Uh, opportunity to score through that. It wasn't just the right. fact that he that deke. It's the fact that he makes the deke and out of that came such a play. That That's a, a major additive to the game. Right. I mean, yeah, a bunch of people deke out the other, you know, the defense, but then like something, nothing happens out of that. I mean, Panarin, you saw once he deked out them, he passed it to Lafreniere for a solid scoring chance. Like, uh, we'll start with Luca again. I mean, what do you think of Panarin? I mean, I, I think that a lot can be made of Panarin's, uh, I guess, lack of, you know, lack of uh, his, you know, the, the, he set himself his par really high uh, for points and production. I think, it, you know, he didn't really quite hit that bar that we're, we've been accustomed to the past three seasons in the playoffs. Um, but I also think that, like, you know, 
there's a mixture of learning how to go deep into the playoffs and play into the playoffs that he, like, I know he's not young, but this is the first real, that was the first real, like, sustained playoff uh, hunt that he was involved in. Um, so I think that, like, I, I think, you know, especially a skilled player like that, like, you hear all the time, like, it's like you know, playoff hockey is like simple north, north-south hockey. Um, and I think that, you know, that kind of stuff clearly got into his head. And, you know, I think Mercogliano even talked about it recently, um, about how Panarin's even, like, talked about, like, in the offseason, about how he's just trying to get back to his game. And I, you know, I, I alluded to earlier about how like the kids are faster because they trust the on system. Well, you know what? That also alludes to the veterans as well. The entire team uh, is feeling that I think, and I think Panarin is one of those as well. Uh, I think there's a lot less in year two of a head coach that you have to worry about because you know what's expected of you when you go in. You know, like just take and <laughs> just go look at the Philadelphia Flyers, like one or uh, first or second uh, training camp practices when Tortorella bagsgated them. You know what I mean? Like it's what is expected of you is not, Oh, you don't know yet when you have a wild card new, new head coach. Um, the, everyone knows what's expected of them now. Um, and I think that that is something that we can really just kind of revel in. I mean, he's got six points in the first three games. Uh, you know, I would love to see him crack a hundred um, just because, you know, he's been so close the first three years. It feels like I just like, I just want him to do it already. Um, but I, I'm, I'm really happy with the way he's played so far. Uh, I think that Trocek is really going to add to him because, and you know, I, look, I'm not trying to shit on Ryan Strom. He was great for what, like he was phenomenal for what the Rangers gave up to get him. Like, let's not call it anything else. You know, the Rangers gave up fucking Ryan Spooner and got a second line center out of it. That's the win. Um, the, uh, the thing that like is going to read, I think that the thing is really going to help him is uh, Trocek is a better skater. You just tell he flies around the ice. He is so much better than Strom as, as, as just, just pure skater. I forget about anything else. Faceoffs, obviously he's better. Um, and we can talk about that in a second. But, you know, I think the Trocek is really going to help him, especially if, you know, we can get him a legitimate winger for the duration of the season. Yeah, I mean, it seems to be, you know, the effect with also Trocek. Uh, first of all, yeah, he has a better shot. He skates better. And going to your point, obviously, like, we, we all like crap on Ryan Strom. I mean, I literally just sent out a Benny Hill version of Reinstrom or something that's just now like it, we all do that but like let's not forget yeah we got him for Ryan Spooter and this two things can be right at the same time here he was fantastic for what was expected of him but the problem is what he did is still not enough for what we need out of a second line center I think you know those two things could be right at the same time um yeah. Shaggy, what do you think about Panera and his you know swagger rejuvenation so i mentioned this to you before and that is health i mean he we saw him struggling and refusing to shoot during the playoffs in important positions he's not he wasn't playing to his 100 potential and i think the fact that he comes back to a new season with a fresh slate 
with the fact that he's already gone through such a tiring, you know, playoffs. I think as disappointing as they were, as it was for them to go out in that round, I think guys like Panarin, Zabanjian, and Kreider sort of took it as like a, a message to them that, you know, we really have a future. We're good. We're not, we're not some, you know, fluke. We're, we're a team that teams are scared of now. And for that, when you're already on the high horse, it's, it's a little bit easier to play. It's a different speed when you're the lightning and you know teams are scared of you and you know you got your game and this is how we play. You know, teams are a little scared. They come inside. They're, you know, they're, they know you're facing the Tampa Bay Lightning. Teams are going to come to the New York Rangers and be like, okay, wow, this team, this team is legit. We're not talking about a team that somehow randomly made it to the champion, you know, almost to the cup. It, this is a team that is a legit team and you got to watch out. And a guy like Panarin, when he puts out five assists in his first three games, he's doing exactly what we got him for. And he's doing it right away. He's not taking his time. He's stepping off on the right foot. He's stepping off, you know, on the on the on the top of the horse. He he's got it going. He he's at the right speed. He's got some of the greatest passes I've seen, you know, in 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 his Rangers career so far already in three games. Uh, he's been fantastic. And the only thing I, I'm curious about is with him and Trocek probably being the one two there, one two punch with and Luca bringing up who that third guy is going to be. I think that's going to make a very big difference in the general season of how he plays. Panarin does his thing, and generally, whoever you put on the third guy in that line will be good. But what what do you do when what do you do exactly when Panarin slows down? I mean, we hope he doesn't, but you need a guy in that line to like sort of cover for him. And Trochik could do some of it. I would love to see. Um, I would love to see that line be actually a powerhouse for this team because I know that we have the kid line as a Banjad Kreider line that we like so much. But that Panarin, you know, Trocek line, if we could get a lot of points out of that line, that would be so helpful for this team, especially since we know what Zibanejan and Kreider could do, and we know what the kid line is sort of about, but we don't know yet, like, what Trocek Panarin could do, and we're only seeing a little taste of it because they're going to build a chemistry that we have not seen yet. You know, it takes time for that to happen. And I believe in Trocek more than Strom because of the way he just likes to put pucks on nets and 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 how I think he's a little more efficient and a little more understanding of the game than I think Strom is. I think the reason why Strom is not good with the empty net is because he's a little less efficient when it comes to these things. He's a little bit, you know, likes to overplay somewhat. And maybe he doesn't exactly think as much and his IQ is not up there. Well, I think Trocek's IQ is much up there. And with a guy like Panarin, who's pretty much a built IQ, I mean, his his understanding of where the puck is on the ice is great. That's why when Luke Jacob brought up that he stopped and looked at the ice, I think that ruined his himself. I mean, he's so much better on himself when he's moving because he he sees what's happening. He knows where the puck is. He knows where the speed is of the ice. So in general, he's impressed me. And in general, I think I hope to see not just a hundred point season. I think seeing a hundred points is one thing, but seeing him become sort of the leader on the ice in a sense. I know Truba is the leader off the ice, but being that leader when it comes to, you know, scoring and stuff, uh, more and more of that leader would, would be great for me to see, to see Panarin, you know, coming into his full potential. Yeah, I mean, it's like not only, not only the kids are doing great, but the fact that Panarin has found his, you know, profound swagger. Um, I mean, this team is, I, teams are going to be very scared to go up against the Rangers. Now it's not like the Rangers like are going to catch everyone off guard. Like last year, 
So like they got to be prepared because the other team is going to be as well. And the fact that, you know, the first two games, you know, they were, they beat Tampa and uh, Minnesota. And if people remember last year, Minnesota, they had a tough time against. They, I don't know if they won any games for them. I could be mistaken. One no, of them they, was, they, 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 they lost both. They lost both. Oh, one of them was Hank Knight, right? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. That That's when Henrik jinxed the Zuccarello goal. Yep. Okay. So, yeah, they had a problem versus them because they played a more tougher game and the Rangers just couldn't handle it. Uh, obviously, Tampa's Tampa. I know Rangers had success against them in the regular season last year, but still, Tampa is still Tampa. So that's a win there. And I think, you know, we could all agree versus Winnipeg is they're tired out. It's a back-to-back. Um, I, I don't blame anything on a lock. I think he played fantastic. Um, I mean, one of them, the goals was, you know, you would think maybe an icing or something, but w- whatever. And the story was Connor Hellebuck. And once in a while, you're just going to run into a hot goalie. I mean, we do it all the times to other teams with Shesterkin. Once in a while, you're going you're gonna to hit a hot goalie and there's just not a lot you could do about it. I mean, we had a Panarin breakaway. We had a two-on-one of Panarin and Um, I, I can name a few others. I mean, uh, the Rangers played great. And speaking to that, what the next question is, is that what most impressed you in the past three games? And just personally for me is that they play a 60-minute, you know, game. They don't show up for five minutes and then disappear, which was the one thing last year that they had a serious problem with. And... I mean, if this team could start playing 60-minute hockey, they are really scary. Uh, Lugo, what are your thoughts? What most impressed you? I I agree with you. They played a 60-minute game on Tuesday night, uh, for sure. I would say they played maybe like a 47- or 50-minute game uh, against Minnesota. Uh, They – there's there's moments where they let Minnesota back in. I mean, obviously the game was way out of hand at that point, so that might have also led to that as well. Um, and the Winnipeg game, you know, uh, it is what it is. Uh, I, as you said, back to back. You don't want to, you know, throw fall on that as a, as a crutch. Um, but the one thing that I'm gonna, and I'm not gonna answer your question. Yet. I'm sorry, I'll get to it one quick second. But the one thing I'm gonna say is. Last year, this team was really, really good after a loss. They they very rarely lost two games in a row. Like, you could go back the entire season. It was under a handful of times that they lost back-to-back. Um, they so, never lost three in a row. They, exactly, until the playoffs, until the Tampa series, right? Right, right. And yeah. I don't know if that counts because it's a different type of – Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying, like, they, the entire season in Tampa, that was the last series, obviously. So, I mean, like, they, they went, you know, the entire – you know, almost a hundred games without losing three in a row. Um, and I think that that's going to be something to look, look at and just kind of like see how this team, this version, this iteration of the Rangers can bounce back after a loss. Uh, I think they will be, they'll come out on fire on Monday night after having two nights off. Um, but I think the most impressive thing for me, we haven't even mentioned it yet. Uh, the defense. Um, now I know like there's been, you know, there, there's, there's, look, the other team's playing offense too. So there's not going to be a complete shutdown the entire time, but the defense in the Tampa game was phenomenal. They suppressed shots. They, uh, the high quality danger chances that they were giving up last year, that just can just bail them out of all the time. He didn't really have to do that at all. On uh, He did it a little bit on Tuesday, but not nearly as much as, you know, we've become accustomed 
uh, to seeing him do. Um, he did it a little bit more on on uh, against Minnesota. Uh, they had a few breakdowns here and there, but that also could just be Kirill Kaprizov being an absolute fucking unit. He is so good. It is ridiculous. And he has no uh, one to play with. No, he does. He has Zook. Uh, yeah, well, he has... Speaking of which, Caprice, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but how about Matthew no, Goldie? Yeah. I mean, that guy was insane. Yeah, I mean, it's like the, uh, Minnesota fans, just all they want to do is keep talking about how many po- how many more points he has than uh, than Lafreniere, because I think they're in the same draft class. Um, yeah. But uh, honestly, like, you, you got to really look at, like, those, those two things, and I think that, um, and even like the, like, look, uh, the two goals that the Rangers gave up against Winnipeg, those were easily fixable defensive zone blunders. Like they were both, uh, like kind of pucks behind the net. And like the first one, there's two guys behind the net chasing one guy. And then, uh, Lindgren just lost the coverage right in front. It, it, you know, it, that stuff is very fixable. Um, I think that the defensive zone coverage has gotten better. Um, how much better it can get throughout the year is something that I think that we could really keep an eye on because um, that's what's really going to set this team apart. If you can play good defense and, you know, have the offense that we've talked about for the first, you know, 20 minutes of this podcast and actually play defense with Shesterkin in that, like it, it could get really, really fun. You know, this could be a really, really, uh, fun season. Yeah. Um, I, I also, another point to be added is that they're 5v5. Um, I think yeah. that yeah. was, yeah, that was a serious question coming into the season. And of all the questions, that was the big one. And uh, I'm trying to look up, hold on. Uh, basically, versus Minnesota, you know, how many even strength goals do they have? I'm trying to. Yeah, okay. They haven't the, scored that many power play goals. The last time the Rangers scored six even strength goals um, on a road game, February 16th, 2015, when they beat the Islanders 6-5. to five. Um, And 2015 was a pretty good year. Yep, that, that's 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 pretty good. That's definitely encouraging. Uh, obviously, they're not always going to score six even strength goals. It's not one, you know. Uh, the point is, though, their 5A5 has seemed to improve. Obviously, it helps that the kids, you know, are taking the next step and Panarin's founding a swagger and Zabanish and Kreider are playing fantastic. I mean, not a lot to complain about right now. Um, on, I mean, I guess the only thing that we've really had to truly complain about was the fact that Hayek was in over Jones in Winnipeg. It, it only took one mistake of Jones in Minnesota for Gallant to say, ah, let's just go over to the worst defenseman in the league. Now, obviously, sometimes the kid needs to, you know, recollect himself and figure things out. And I think that's only when you have a good backup. And e- even so, this wasn't even that example because Jones just made one mistake. And Gallant's like, nah, let's just put in Hayek here. I mean... That's basically the one thing I had to complain about. I mean, I, I remember right before the Winnipeg game, we're all like, okay, you know, things are going smoothly, and here's the first thing of the season. Um, I don't know. What, what, Luca, what do you think of that? I'm so tired talking about Libor Hayek. I don't care. 
I just, <laughs> I, I'm like, like, I just don't care. Like, you know what? This is the thing. We saw it last year with, with Niels Lundqvist, uh, who, by the way, Chris Jury, I know you guys probably talked about it already. Tip of the cap for getting the first round pick back and some other, uh, and uh, another pick. Uh, for Lundqvist after he demanded a trade. Yeah, conditional uh, fourth to turn into a third. Yeah, but great. I think that's a great deal. You know what I mean? Like, the guy was a late first-round pick. Three years later, we still get a first-round pick back for him. Great uh, use of that asset right there. Um, but I, I, I think that, like, you know, it's also, like, this is going to be his first year, his first full season. I'm looking at it with a glass half full uh, as opposed to looking at it with the uh, – shot glass that has the bar uh, mat in it that you're looking at with Libor Hayek. Um, (laughs) uh, I I think that this is his first full season in the NHL. So I think it's, you know, know, back-to-back games like that. And I, I think that, you know, after he makes maybe a mistake or two, maybe there's more stuff that he messed up that we didn't notice. Um, cause there's definitely, you know, there's definitely stuff that like, we don't notice that obviously like they 100% harp on. Um, but I think that that could also be one of the underlying factors of it. And also like, let's just face it. Like if you have a seventh defenseman, I don't know, like having him play like every now and then is not the worst thing in the world. I know that everyone's probably gonna be like, Oh, it's fucking and go nuts about because it's freaking Hayek to Kayak. Uh, but to me, it doesn't really bother me that much, especially because if he goes back in on Monday night, if it becomes an extended, you know, if Hayek, you know, gets a little bit of leeway and starts playing consecutive games, then I will raise an eyebrow. Um, but yeah, I mean, until then, I'm just, you know, I'm not going to really go nuts about it. Shragi, what did you think of Zach Jones' first two games? You know what? He's been average. I can't say he's shown me something that I say shows me out that I'm like, all right, this guy's for sure over Libor. But I, in general, feel like the problem with Hayek is we saw that his negatives are such low negatives that I feel like we could lose a game simply because he can mess us up. I don't feel we could possibly lose a game, even if Zach Jones has a bad day. It's not a bad day that Hayek will ever have. So in my opinion, I, I still would go with Zach Jones. He's a guy with a higher upside, higher ceiling, has shown that he could play. I think he does better with the chemistry of this team in general and how he brings the puck out from the offensive zone. I, I like the way that he's got a certain speed to him. Libro Hayek, on the other hand, seems to not have a control. He doesn't seem to have the correct idea of what to do and and it doesn't matter when i see these articles left and right like hayek getting ready to take a bigger step with the new york rangers get out of here get right. out of same here. it's the same it's the same articles that people were like writing about eric flowers and how he was like taking the next few steps as an offensive yeah, tackle yeah. and well, ready all, and ready to yeah like don't even get me fucking started Luca, on that Luca, 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 you're you're touching my you, you, you see that's where you get to my sensitive part where i'm like excuse me excuse you know what Eric Flowers is the biggest piece of trash that ever stepped foot on a football field. And I'm talking about more than Tim Tebow. I'm assuming he was on like your fantasy team or something. 
Matt, when it, when it's, the Giants, the Giants drafted him. He, he was a fucking like, human. No, 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 they didn't just draft because him. Because it sounded more when personal where he'd Luka, be on your fantasy Luka, team. when did they draft him? Uh, I want to say 2015 or First 16. round. First round. Oh, no. Yeah, that I know. Top yeah, 10. That's like, that's like the Islanders trading for Romano with their 13th pick. Okay. I mean, I, I don't look. I'll say this: like, I haven't seen Romano play. I, I don't. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. He's good, but you don't is, trade your thirteenth pick for him. I, I'm with you. I, I you're for the, Shraggy, you're preaching the, to the, the choir here. We was an agreement. No, 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 yeah. no, no. I'm preaching I mean, to the choir, but this. Like, okay, number one, I'm preaching to the choir, but number two, I'm being able to let it out, man. Come on, I got to release this. I. I've all the time screamed about it, but every time it comes up, every Giants fan has this certain anger part in him that, like, when that comes up, it, it's 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 just such an anger because the fact is that they messed up for so many years with being such a great team to now come to a point where, like, you know what I mean? You put a piece of trash in the field. Like, just think about it. Jacob, imagine they put Lieber Hayek, okay, on the second line. Second pair defenseman. And I, then they say, I, I you believe in this guy. And then everyday articles are coming out saying, yo, this guy's got the next future. The guy doesn't have, he he can't, I, I, believe me, you know how many games we see Hayek with like penalty and you look at the penalty and you simply just walk away from the game. Okay, you're a Ranger fan. You watch every second of the game. But the second Lieber Hayek pulls a penalty out of his hat, we all turn around and go, okay, here we go. I, it was funny you mentioned the Libra second line because in, in the preseason, I just said, you know, let's screw with it because I think Trocek or Hito, Trocek was injured one game. And I think not, I think Johnny Brzezinski was going to be our first line center that night in the preseason. I'm like, you know, let's just screw with that. it. Let's have yeah. on the second line center. I, I just had a pure curiosity. Um, it, it was funny because I think when Brendan Smith was trying out some offense, we were like, uh, shoot, he's going to do the same thing with Lieber. I would I would have paid to see that. Lieber Hayek on the wing. Weirdly, weirdly enough, I, I still feel that – forget about the Hayek dirt stuff that we always bring up. I, I still feel like the Rangers know with their cap situation to try to go ahead and bring in another defenseman to try to like – Fix, you know, bringing maybe a higher, you know, a, even but better. We thought, they, we thought they were going to. I mean, they tried Partowski and holy cow, that was horrendous. He was worse Yeah, than but higher. I mean, like, I'm talking about like. He was, he was pretty fucking bad. He, yeah. he was horrendous. I mean, when you have Lieber Hayek and you prefer him over him. I mean, And, and Hayek was not. And look, 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 let's be fucking real. Like, I know I was like, I kind of defended Hayek right there for like maybe like 15 seconds. Like, he was fucking terrible in the preseason. Hayek looked like Helen Keller out there, just throwing fucking blind passes everywhere, and like I, it was awful. He was not good. It was yeah, no. And then when Hayek and Bartowski were paired together, I was like, "Well, shoot, <laughs> we're screwed." Yeah, no that that was that's that's yeah, that's pretty that's, much that's, that's pretty, pretty much uh, that that's pretty much Oscar the Grouch. You know, I mean, everyone looked like the Globetrotters against them. It was it was hilarious. I mean, there's just some points like as a Ranger, yeah, it stinks like. Last year, when Ryan Strom missed that shootout goal versus Detroit, like everyone was so pissed, I was I was laughing hysterically. <laughs> like you can't make this up. Um, I, I guess like you know we'll stop with the Hayek stuff for now. Um, the power play, I I Hayek I stuff will never stop. I've I, I tweeted this out a couple of days ago. If anyone, well, of course, everyone remembers 
until 2021, from 1926 to 2019, 2020, the Rangers didn't know what a power play was. I mean, there were points I remember in the even when in 2015. Oh, hold on, hold on, you're, you're skipping over 94. I mean, like, they, look, they they had iterations where they were good on the power play. Like, <laughs> let's just not let's just not throw let's not throw away like 97 years of like you know I don't know what everything was, but the past like I agree with you. The Tortorella right. era was a fucking. We wanted we wanted to um, forfeit. Our power play. The fans wanted to forfeit our power play because we yeah. allowed more shorthanded goals than we had power play goals. It, it was horrendous. We didn't shoot the puck at all. We just passed it all over the place. And once in a while, when we scored power play goal, everyone went nuts because, you know, we never do that. It's crazy. And then you go from that to it's so bad you want to forfeit your power play to where the puck doesn't leave the zone. I mean, it's insane. I, I've been watching other games like, you know, and no one has nearly besides Colorado and maybe Edmonton. No one has nearly the same power play as we do. I mean, you got Zabanajad as the shooter. You got Panarin across, who's one of the best playmakers. You got Fox, which is the, the only knock on him is that he doesn't have a good slap shot. That's the only knock on him. But he doesn't need to do that because when he just shoots a wrist shot, Crowder's there to deflect it. So he, he doesn't need that. His, his his wrist shot is more of like a seeing eye wrist shot too. Like like even though like you know what I mean. Like he's it's like what shoot. Kevin Shattenkirk had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, honestly, like and and you look at uh, those three power plays. You know what I mean? Those three teams that you talked about, and there there might be a third one in there that we're 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 dropping. Um, I think. Uh, I'm covering my face. I think Tampa has a, you know, they they they've had a legitimate one for such a long time that I would throw them in there too, with uh, you know, Kucherov, Stamkos, and Hedman. Like, right. Yeah. I, I would throw them in there too, especially Point right there in the bumper spot. He's phenomenal in the bumper. Um, but I would I would say those four teams, like the one thing they all have in common is they have a pretty damn good elite offensive defenseman. Even Edmonton has. I'm forgetting his name. Is it Tyson Barry? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. know if he's. I think Bouchard took a spot because I think Barry had a horrendous year last year. Regardless, that you know what I mean. Like Bouchard's a pretty damn uh, offensive defenseman too. He's a top ten pick. Yeah, he uh, has an insane top shot. ten. Um, so I'm just saying, like, you know what I mean? Like those teams and all. I mean, Edmonton's it's the cheat code with freaking McDavid and, and Drysaddle. Anyway, those two could skate around in circles for three minutes, uh, and no one else would touch the puck. Uh, but. Yeah, Fox is the real linchpin for the entire play, the power play. You know what I mean? Like he is the power, the quarterback there, the point guard, so to speak. Um, and it is, it was. I had the sickest fucking seat in the garden for that power play goal. What is Zabanajad? Uh, Zabanajad. So, have you guys ever sat in the Chase Bridge? Mm, no. No, no, no. Okay, so I, you you know what it is, right? It's like it's like yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Two, I know it is. Yeah, like lining the three hundreds, and I always wanted to sit in there. And then my brother, like when he, when he bought the tickets, he just kind of like was like, "Fuck it, let's go!" Like, let's go there. So we did it, and like, it, there's not a single dead spot in the entire rink. Like you see everything. Like a lot of seats. Like you know what I mean. Like you might lose, especially with the boards, like corner or something like that. But right. we were in the uh, the corner that he that Zabanajad sets up in on the power play uh, for that goal. 
So like you could, you kind of had like that, like NFL, like, you know how like the NFL, they have like that, like camera that's like above the quarterback, uh, mm-hmm. like behind the quarterback that's just like on strings. That's kind of where we were sitting. It felt like it's just like, you had like a bird's eye view of it. And like, you saw like, like Savannah had like wide open and like, it was just such a cool angle to like see that goal from there. I would highly recommend anyone who wants to go to a Ranger game, like sit in the bridge level, man, uh, the three hundreds uh, you're right in front of the Nick banners. Uh, Cause the Rangers are going to be shooting twice on that goal. Um, and it's just a really, really cool angle. Uh, the power play looked great. They could have had a few goals, but Vasilevsky played phenomenal on, on Tuesday night. He had, he had a bunch of saves. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I saw I saw a funny tweet. Um, I obviously not a lot of people agreed to because you have to take in effect what Washington has on the other side. But someone was complaining that like Ovi in for 15 years has his own office in the power play and everyone just ignores it, never tries to adjust to it. Yet now we finally have to banish it in that same spot and everyone's just all of a sudden figured it out and try to hawk him. Um, I thought it was pretty nice. But again, like they have Oshi as the bumper. So you have to respect that. And you have Kuznetsov and, you know. Right. Well, I, you you also it's they have they have the same thing in Tampa. Stamkos is the same thing. Well, Stamkos well, well they have right Kucherov on the other side. And, no, exactly, but that's the thing that I've always wanted. I actually personally think that look, I, I love Trocheck, and I think that him and his face-off prowess kind of forced him onto this power play. I don't really know how good he is in the bumper spot quite yet because we've it's only been three games, and I didn't really watch a ton of. Uh, you know, Carolina Hurricane games, like obviously the playoff games last year and the games we played against them, but like haven't really watched their power. I didn't watch their power play with an extensive eye. Um, but I would say I would love to see Panarin in that bumper spot and then possibly Kako or Loft in that other left wing or not left wing. It would be the right wing, but for a lefty shot. Um, I, I, I think that it's something that I would love to see. I don't know if we're going to see it at all. Rangers won't do it. Um, they won't do it. I, not not yet. I think that, you know. Well, if, it's, we, if, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Exactly. It's, it, there's no need to really, like, force it right now. So I'm except not when really, like, upset about it. <laughs> except except <laughs> I'm not really upset about it. It's just something that I would love to see them try. Um, I'm going to have to kind of get out of here and go to work soon, boys. All uh, right. So is there anything else that we, we – that I – like final questions or, or anything like that. I, I, I will mention this, by the way, Luca, and that is we keep talking about like this power play. We're not nervous, this and that. I'm just telling you that we complained the whole last year that our five and five sucked. And and yes, we hope to be on the power plays, but games in which teams were clean against us, against the Rangers, it was there was a struggle to score. And if you're able to score on the five and five and your power play is above average, we're not talking about top five. When you're, when you're you know, when you are, you know, a top team. I think the power play naturally, when it comes to you, you could transition to that. If you're not a top three, top five team in the power well, play, you well, name one on that. team that won the Stanley Cup in the past 15 years didn't have a top three power play. 100%. But I do feel that those are all teams that. Okay, but that, that's my point. It's very rare. That's, no, but <laughs> you're not getting my point. My point is, Luca, 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 and Jacob, my point is like this. My point is that when you are right now not a top five, you know, power play. Team. Right, right. Now's the time to experiment. Now's the time to work in that five on five. And right. I feel like that's going to transition to your power play being better because I feel like when your five on five is great and then you get the extra chances and you go, do good on those, 
you get those extra scoring chances. And if you do well and you do get yourself into the top five in that position, that's really good. I don't think teams just automatically, you know, it's just like good in both positions. I think it's transitions that if you're only dependent on the power play scoring team, don't win any game in which teams are clean against you. You're going to be strong. Well, the Rangers have done better 5v5. I think that's what we were saying before. That's the yeah. point. That's my point. My point is that since well, we're seeing a better 5 and 5 I think the power play you're going to see in general become better and better through the year as the fact that they want to make sure that they're scoring in those 5 and 5 situations. That way when they – they don't need to be dependent on that power play. Uh, yeah, Luca, like what are you saying the, with the, the 2010 Bruins? The- no, 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 I was just saying, like, if you're talking about a team that had a terrible fucking power play that won the cup, it was the Bruins. I don't know if it was 2010, whatever, whatever year the Bruins won the cup. Did the, was did, it 11? The, did the, um, I think it was the, uh, a couple years ago, the Blues, maybe? Yeah, that's what I was thinking of as well. I think they, I think they did have a good power play. What year, what year was that? Uh, what year was that? 20, that's 2018? That, that, that was 2019. Uh, 2019, 2020 or 2018, 2019? It was 2019 was the final was the year they won the cup. So it was the 2018, 2019 year. Yeah. Um, let me, let me see. I'll tell you while you're looking at that up. Um, I, I, well, they lost the face off battle in Winnipeg, but Minnesota, they were even and Blues were 10th. They were 10th. Yeah. Oh, well, how about that? Oh, sorry. Wrong. Wrong, wrong, One second. One second. That was, that was the wrong game. Um, they were third. Yeah. No, so, yeah, yeah they, that's not it. They were there. Yeah. Like, it, it's, I mean, yeah, it, it's very rare. The point is, yeah, Boston Bruins 2010, but it's very rare that, you know, the team that won the cup is in the top five power play. Um, one thing before we get out of here, uh, I didn't know Rangers being good on the faceoffs was allowed. Um, <laughs> I, I've always assumed that's just one of the things in the universe that is just not allowed to happen. Um, yeah. I think this is obviously the Trocheck effect. Uh, and Zabanajan and Hito have been doing good. And uh, Carpenter. Yeah, I, I mean. 56%. Yeah, they, they won. They beat Tampa in the phase of the first game. And they tied Minnesota the second game. And I think they lost to Winnipeg in third. But, like, you, you have something to work with here. It was so bad last year. They had to bring in a referee to try to help them. It, it was so bad. And, yeah. and I, I don't remember a year where we were really good at the face off. That's something like the power play up until a certain point. It, it hasn't, I think when jury played, they were like, you know, I got to go back to when I was in high school. I, th- I think they were decent at face offs then. Yeah. Like, That's it. I, and, and like face offs is such a huge element to the game that people don't realize. Cause that's more puck possession for you. You're you're, if you yeah. lose every, you know, face off, you're always chasing the puck. You, you're never, you never have it in the first place. And that's that's yep. a massive disadvantage. Um, all right. I, I think we've pretty much summed it off here. Um, we'll be able to wrap it up. And uh yeah, I think as Luca mentioned that and Shragi also that like they haven't lost three games in a row and they're very good bouncing back. So hopefully, you know, they keep to their game. They don't, you know, try to panic and say, Okay, we gotta change it up a bit. You gotta keep it to the way it is. It, games happen where goalies just Play out of their minds. So yeah, and um, it's not just that. Just realize, by the way, in the loss they scored, they they had forty five shots. They've had over thirty five right, shots. Yeah, in it, three games. Yeah, they're not they're not they're not going down without a fight. And and you're gonna see that in the next couple of games. By the way, losing when a team loses seven one to the Islanders, you know you're gonna be able to score on them. Right. Yeah. So, All right. Uh, I think we'll end it off here. Uh, 
Yeah, yeah. Really, I'm gonna finish this. The, the next three games are extremely like they need to. You know, it's Anaheim, San Jose, and you said Columbus. Uh, yeah. I mean, look, I, you know, we're not in the point where in the season where we're like these are must-win games. But in my opinion, you're better than all three of those teams. They they need to win those games. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you need to beat Anaheim. You need to beat San Jose, especially. San Jose. Well, well speaking of Anaheim, this year. I'm pretty sure it's a lock that not only Ryan Strom scores, but he's got to score like an empty net type goal. You're also, you're forgetting about the Toronto. And, and the Toronto's going to score. So it's automatically, yeah. they automatically get two goals. Like, Zook was a lock to score. I had him, I had also, him at DraftKings bat. Like, don't, don't, don't forget about Shattenkirk, too. Ah, shoot, we're screwed that game. All right. Yeah. Yeah, that's not great. <laughs> like it's a good joke that all X Rangers score, but like it's true. I mean, freaking Oscar Lindbergh when he was like in Ottawa scored two goals against us. All right, yeah. I think I think we're gonna wrap it off here. Shragi, Luca, great to oh, be and uh, yeah, we got to. Oh,